right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Business of Fitness Podcast. I'm Jason Kleep, and I have a very good friend, longtime friend, known each other forever, uh, Dr. Kelly Starrett. Thank you for taking the time to speak with me for a little bit today. Well, let's be honest. We would be talking business and shit and family anyway. Either way, yeah. So I came up here today, and uh, we just got done having lunch, and we could just talk for hours. And I thought it would be really nice to get on um, the podcast today. Do maybe, if you're okay with it, what, let's call it 25-minute AMRAP, so we'll just stay focused for 25 we, minutes. We better stay focused. Yeah. And, Otherwise, we're going we're gonna to continue to exercise forever. <laughs> we'll do 25 minutes. And um, the subject matter today, and you kind of brought it up, was this idea of the fitness business is, is in a great place. And, and where is it going to go? Well, I think we're at the, at the start of some kind of sea change. Mm. And, 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 I, and there's a lot of things happening. I think it corresponds with the rise of the internet. Look at CrossFit. Look at um, companies like SoulCycle and Barry's Bootcamp. And the high-intensity exercise. I mean, when we go back in time, just even to the start of my business, we couldn't buy kettlebells in San Francisco. Right. We had to drive to Santa Cruz to a second, like a played again sports. That's where we bought kettlebells. So we would drive to Santa Cruz to buy kettlebells. Otherwise, we had to buy them from China, and it was crazy. Yeah. That, and, was, that was yesterday, basically. And, and look at how that time has flown by. So... Um, let's just get into it. 25-minute AMRAP with Kelly Starrett, longtime friend, and we start in three, two, one. So before we get into the fitness side, the, the stuff that I want to talk about, because same, same situation. I mean, you remember 10 years ago when we opened up our gym, we had to go build our own um, pull-up structure from <laughs> Home Depot. There was no rogue fitness that would just you know deliver, and now you have fancy colors and all these different things. It wasn't like that 10 years ago. Yeah, and, and uh, I think we could get away with... Um I feel I feel fortunate that we have been we're now in our thirteenth year officially, right? <laughs> Which is 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 no small accomplishment. Any well, business that takes it past ten years, I think, even one year is that's a big right. deal. Especially in this space, and I and total testament to my wife and business partner yeah. Juliet. But um, you know, it's harder to start today. So now, what we expect is that if you go to a new place, you're immediately going to have expert level coaching. We expect that, and because people are, I think, more habituated to the from the internet. They expect better equipment. They expect uh, a certain level of sophistication because you get it at Barry's Boot Camp. You get it at SoulCycle. Like the, yep. People are really sophisticated and understand yep. timing, you know, membership. It used to be you put a check in the box. Remember that? Well, let's, let's, <laughs> let's talk about that. So here we are at San Francisco CrossFit. This location's been here for probably about, what, five, six years? Yeah, we're in six years. Six years. In this, this bespoke historic building, yes. Now, before that, guys, I should tell you, San Francisco CrossFit probably at any CrossFit gym I've ever been at. I remember this was maybe 11, 12 years ago. I, uh, I was looking to advance my abilities and I had heard of Kelly, of course. And at, at the time, you know, Adrian was training with you and, and I, there was a lot of like, man, there's a lot of great information going out of this place. I'm like, all right, I gotta go check out San Francisco CrossFit. Sure enough, I come and I'm like, huh, I wonder where it's at. I wonder where it's at. And then where is it? It's in the, it's in the parking lot of sports basement here in San Francisco. And you know, I've never seen a gym be as successful as yours with such limited resources. And what I mean by that is you must have been doing something right from the beginning. And what I think it was, and I, I'm sure you would agree, is good quality coaching, good quality community, and adding value. Because, frankly, there was nothing else to really hang your hat on. Well, you didn't have anything. <laughs> there was glass and dog hair and rain and concrete. I mean, you're in San Francisco. It's cold as hell. Oh, it is, and, but it's not always hot as hell. It doesn't always rain as hell. Comma. 
Um, the first workout we ever did at San Francisco CrossFit, uh, the very first one was we had to walk about 800 meters and pick up the canopies which had blown over a fence and into another yard <laughs> in the night. And I was like, okay, first workout is let's pick up this canopy and walk it back. And you have the container ships, you pull the gear in. That's right. We, we, uh, we, you know, uh, what was cool is it, it, we knew that, you know, people had access to all the biking clubs and all the Peloton and the Bay clubs and all these really high-end places. And what they didn't get was high-level coaching, Unconditional positive regard, community, the things that drew, drove us. Like the, right. the intensity was also novel. I mean, that was novel. People, we were teaching people everything. This is what deadlifting is. I mean, Diane Fu is walking past right now, but I can honestly say I taught Diane Fu how to front squat. You know, now she is Diane Fu, but in the beginning, all of this was very different for us. Yep. None of us had snatched. I, so the, I think in order to understand the complexity of this, you have to understand that the world was a very different place. And, right. and I'm really grateful that we got to grow up on that edge yep. and, and become more sophisticated slowly over time. Yep. And now, you know, I, you know, Juliet was a full-time attorney. I was a student when I, in grad school at physical therapy school when I started the gym. When you started the gym. And, and I took out an extra student loan and that's how I bought rowers. Really? Yeah. I bought four so, rowing machines. So, so this was like, you know, what, 12, 13 years ago, you started the gym there and you bootstrapped it. I mean, we bootstrapped ours. You know, I, I threw $5,000 in my mom's credit card and I paid her back later on. But I mean, you guys really bootstrapped. You were in meds, you know, you're, you're finishing physical therapy school, right? Which by the way, for those of you that don't know, uh, Kelly's arguably the, the, the best uh, at what you do. Uh, I mean, period, right? I mean, you have experts. I mean, I just saw, you know, you have celebrity after celebrity, pro athlete after pro athlete coming to see you to, to get fixed. And, and I've been one of them. And so not to go off on a total tangent, but I think what you're really good, I remember one time I came to you and I'm like, Kelly, I'm broken. I'm broken. This was like <laughs> right after like the 2013 or 14 CrossFit Games. And I'd, I'd performed really well. I was on the podium, whatever. I remember I come in, I'm like, Kelly, I'm broken. You're like, dude, you're not broken. I just watched you finish the CrossFit Games. You're perfectly fine. Go home and do this, 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 this. And sure enough, I did it, and uh, and and it fixed me. And you fixed many other people. We so you know it's interesting as a physical therapist. I think one of the revolutions happening right now is that we're a we're talking about the environment matters. Right? We have to look at how the human being is existing, stress, nutrition, sleep, all of the things that you know your your coach is part of this lifestyle of health, right? right? The healthfulness. And I, if even if you look, if you take that filter and say, Hey, look, the environment really matters on the organism, suddenly you can wrap your head around Fitbit or you can wrap your head around, Hey, does this technology get us closer to f being able to feel again, to downregulation, to, to being able to go express myself in the world. And part of that, that uh, language is some unconditional positive regard, which means that you know, we give people permission to go move again. Yep. And, you know, we just had an athlete who came in, you know, had seen nine doctors for knee problems. No one had really looked at how he's moving. No one looked at his range of motion. No one looked at, you know, what was going on around it. And I was like, hey, we improved his, we, we, we improved his environment, right? We just restored some of his function, restored his range of motion. Then I said, why don't you go test it? He was like, you mean I can go test it? Yeah. I was like, yeah. I mean, what, did some doctors say you couldn't test it? And so a lot, I think, a lot of times we, people... Juliet pointed out a long time ago that she said, hey, in one week, one day on the internet, you get more feedback and positive regard about your business than I do as an attorney in an entire year. Right. And I think when we look at that view, then suddenly the, the kind of training certainly matters. Moving well, 
restoration, developing capacities, taking a long game at this, right? The kinds of training that you, you do is, like, I, I walk in and just, I would do your, I would eat your cooking, no problem. Like, I wouldn't have to change anything, right? Because I'm like, it works. It's really, it's really thoughtful. But part, part of the magic also is giving a place where, where people can be vulnerable, people can belong to one another. Like, you know, we, and we, some of the things that I figured out is, because I, I came out of an athlete, athletic system where I was broken too, which was more volume, more volume. And then, you know, we make people shake hands before class. Yep. Like I had six or seven guys in my, this my little fitness class, small class today, six or seven guys, and they have all trained together. These men and women have all trained together for years. But I'm like, hey, have you had a chance to shake hands and make, and make friends? Right. And I still make them introduce them. And that sounds like jujitsu, doesn't it? Yeah, it's That's a lot. A, and what you'll see is that there are principles around how people belong to each other. And then we sum up class then. Here's our goal. I tell you what we're going to try to do. We work on it. It's a skill. People are in various, we had a kid guy in there today with a new baby. Like he is, looks like a dumpster fire. Right? <laughs> he hasn't slept in like a year. Right. He looks awful. Um, we have people who are pregnant. We have people, you know. And so well, from all different walks of that's life, right. which is the greatest part. But you started off in a parking garage. I mean, a parking lot, a right? Park, literally in a parking lot. And, and, and here we are now in San Francisco CrossFit. And, and I mean, for anybody who doesn't know, I mean, you were, you were really, you really were the first guy to bring to the mainstream this idea of mobility. You made oh, stretching cool. Uh, right? Well, you, like, that remains to be seen. Without a doubt. Well, we ruined the word mobility for sure. For, for, <laughs> let for me, sure. So uh, we were the first wad anything also. Oh, well, so how, how many more do we have? Uh, I don't know. Uh, we just saw sobriety wad. You sobriety wad people, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan, obviously, what you're doing. Comma, there's a lot of wads. And I was so clever. I was like, I'm going to take the word mobility, which no one uses, and wad, and I'll smash them up. <laughs> and now I basically was, have like toiletpaper.com. Like it was it's so, the most uninspiring name ever. It was so inspirational at the time. <laughs> I was but, like, I am I am so smart and clever. But you know, when you when you came out with the mobility wad, I remember just thinking to myself, man, that was really genius. But comma, what got you to that point was something that I use today. And let me give you an example. You don't even know this, but obviously I've been friends for years and I've always been inspired by different things you've done because you're very, very talented and you're never like okay with what you're doing. You're always trying to innovate, trying to learn, trying to be inspired, which is, which is phenomenal. And, and let me just say what every single one of my super smart friends, like I was just at, we just had the, the founder of Specialized Bikes in. Yep. And I was like, hey, tell me that time when you felt like you'd made it, you'd nailed it. He was like, ha, like we're behind. Like, yeah. we suck. Right. And I was like, right, you're the 800-pound you're the gorilla in the room, and, right. you're, and you feel like you're just beginning. That mindset is through everything we do and, all, and unifies all my friends. Yeah, and that's what keeps us moving forward. But on that note, I remember you'd put out video after video after video. This is when YouTube was, like, just kind of starting oh, yeah. and whatnot, and you'd keep putting out these videos. And I remember my favorite was, like, the 10-minute squat hold. And I remember just thinking to myself, and I still use this today, like, it was just so fundamental. It was so basic yet it was so impactful and it packed such a big punch. And when you try and start holding it for even two minutes, you're like, oh shit, this is a lot harder than it seems. But you started putting out YouTube video after YouTube video and you gave a lot of content away for free, a ton, which I think was really, really cool. And for anybody listening, I think what Kelly did really well is yes, you are credible because of all your background, but you started giving away a lot of stuff for free, which brought more people to you as a subject material expert. Then one day, you converted that into a paid version through your seminars, through your online programs, et cetera. But you did that after you've already been proving value for years. And, and, and not only, it's important to understand that that was conscious, but it was conscious about serving people. Let's solve this problem. 
I was a physio, my wife, we had a gym, my wife is an attorney, she's working in a big foot law firm. And the goal was not, hey, let's build this online business. The goal was let's solve a problem. Right. So even our intention from the start was different. And I remember when we went to a paid, behind the wall paid model, we kept all of our free content up on still, the internet, yeah. right? Still there. Still there. I think there's only like six or 700 free videos. <laughs> and, um, but it was costing us about $40,000 a year to run our website. So the real question was, when people kind of pushed back, we were like, hey, can you tell me a business that you run for free where you actually lose money? Right. So at some point, it was, you know, I'm like, hey, I have children. We should, you know, people should get paid for their work. But it was so far along. In fact, it was probably later than we should have. Right. And I think that intention matters. The problem was, hey, let's, because right now, it's so easy to get started. The barrier to entry is easy, right? The barrier to entry is it's low. Are you talking about opening like a small gym? Anything. You about, yeah. You can have a podcast, yep. you can st- right? You just, yep. you can jump over these hoops. And I think what, what is different is that we set out to solve a problem. And the problem was, hey, we need to inflate. We need to raise the tides and improve the ball on a lot of people. And we need to be able to scale that so that as a physio and as a coach, I can say, hey, why? You just took a day off from work because your knee hurts and you're an athlete. And now I just found out that you, you can't even, your hip doesn't move and right. your quads are stiff. And I don't think that's a good use of my time or your time or your doctor's time. This is all part of the language of, of training. So let's, let's, what we thought was, hey, let's expand the definition of fitness. Let's expand the definition of working out to include how we take care of the body and restoration so that, and part of the big revolution was saying, hey, look, the stimulus for adaptation, which is the training, right? and I'm pretty agnostic about how you do it as long as you can show me the results. We have obviously have ways that we like to train, but also that turns out to be a really good diagnostic tool. So your deadlift and your ability to hip hinge and pick your kid yep. up yep. tells me a lot about your hip range of motion right. and your skill right. in hip range of motion. So I could use my training to work twofold to also understand what was going on because I was a young physio and then I was coaching lots of people to squat. I was able to connect the dots. Well, you saw a lot of, you saw it firsthand. I think what's really unique about you is you had hundreds of people coming through your doors every day. That's right. And so you got to see a lot of people move. Like for me, over the last 10 years, I've seen got to tens have, of thousands. I mean, you know, so now when I see movement from across rooms, like boom, and I could, I could analyze what I think is wrong, go test it like you do. Right. And then, you know, manipulate, do whatever. But now, so let me, let me just say that. The principles, like if you've read Daniel Coyle's new book, The Culture Code, which is just gorgeous about why high-performance communities work well. And this is where I do all my reading. I'm, I, I read everything else I can read besides my field. Well, we got to talk about your book, by well, the way. Okay, we'll get there. Yeah. Because that, that, that represents, I sort of, in the algorithm of how we think, right, the, this current book project. But, you know, one of the messages that we tried to send early on was that, hey, we have high standards, this is what you should be able to do, and we believe that you can do it. Right. That 10-minute squat test was a good example of that principle. Right. It was really hard, and yet really simple, and I also was like, you can do this. Right. And we gave people that. So I think what's happened is that people appreciate, you know, the, the central tenet of our business has always been, hey, people should know how to fix themselves, right. or at least take a crack at fixing themselves. Yep. Shifting that low side of control back to the person empowers the person. And that's ultimately, you want to be successful, help people solve problems in their lives, they will never leave you. Well, and what you that's, did really, you, that's really profound. You found something you're really good at. You found something you're passionate about. And you've stayed consistent for well, years. You've yeah, had the same message for over a decade, right? We, we, it's true. And, and I'll tell you that I'm lucky enough that my friends are all lifters and exercisers and trainers and coaches and theorists and business and fitness leaders. My wife, my, we, all of us, 
there's no edge to my world. It literally is the same thing over and over again. So right. whether I'm, I'm talking at you know high level sports performance, I'm at the Olympics, I'm coaching my daughter's team, my wife and I are exercising, I'm training with my friend. We're nerd. It's the same conversation. So I have stumbled into this open loop where right. I'm always learning and I'm always trying to understand what's going on. Well, so you opened the gym, you you started the digital business, and then. I mean, then you really changed the game. So you started off, you had this vertical where you had the gym, which you still do, right? It's, a, it's, it's our test kitchen. It's your test kitchen, which, yeah. which I think is super important. You know, there's some people that put out, for example, we put out session plans and programmings to gyms uh, worldwide on our app. And we have 20 plus locations that, that we own that use it. And so that's our test kitchen. These are our 20 locations. We get regular feedback. So when we give other gyms our programming and session plans, it's been tested through all these different things, right? Remember Tron? I'm a user. I fight for the users. I am at the da- the tail yeah. end. I'm at the working end of, yeah, of I'm, this. I'm, I'm at your I'm at your laboratory right now. That's right. And I think anybody who does anything needs to be able to have this laboratory because it's really important to get that instant feedback. You probably can do it another way. I'm sure people do. This is really useful for us because exactly. I'm always working. And so and I know, still teach. I still teach general fitness classes. Which, by the way, I messaged I messaged Kelly yesterday. I'm like, hey, bro, where you at? I'm coming into town. He goes, hey, I'm I'm teaching a class at this. I'm like, you're teaching a class. They're like, okay, cool. <laughs> because it's my experiment. It, I'm 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 those poor people, man. It, I I experiment on them nonstop. Hey. So, so you got the gym, you got the online business, it's going well, and then you kind of change the game. You put out Supple Leopard, right? And that book, I think, well, actually, in addition to that, you started putting out products that really changed people's game, right? The Gemini, uh, different rollers, you really started using um, bands. Well, and we, you know, again, the idea was, you know, hey, I should make a lacrosse ball. There's already a lacrosse ball. So instead of trying to, and I think this is the, the greater conversation right now in fitness, so I go to these, I was just at Canada, the CanFit Pro, it's the biggest fitness convention in the world, definitely in Canada, it's huge. And I walk through the, the vending village and I think to myself, how am I contributing to the noise? Right. How do I help, what part am I complicit in making this a cheesy business or making it a business that actually helps people feel better, look better naked, come home to their husbands, be more present, sleep better, right? That, that's really it. And so we, we, I'm always thinking that way. And when we looked at the, the world, I mean, no, we, used, we popularized the use of bands. If you've ever seen someone stretching with a band, we invented that, yep. right? So, but what we didn't need to do was reinvent a lacrosse ball. But what I saw was that there were a whole bunch of things that I couldn't do with what existed. So once again, all I did was solve a problem for myself and for my own community. And it turns out that may be a good model to get paid. Right. Right. And so boom, you put out your product. Your book has been, uh, for lack of a better term, a unicorn in the book industry. Just really did really well. And, And But I mean, I think some people see the success of you and by the way, your wife is just a champion. I can't wait to have her on the show also. But I think they also forget the sacrifice that comes into that. And, you know, but you live, breathe, sleep what you're doing, right? We were just talking about this workout from hell. And, you you know, you invited me over and I don't know if I'm going to take you up on it. (laughs) But Kelly and I were talking about using the sauna as a deregulator. And perhaps you could explain to me, what do you mean by deregulating the body? Downregulating. Or downregulating. Like, wh- what do you mean when you say that term? You say it to me a lot, and I just kind of nod my head. But like, <laughs> <laughs> well, think of it this way. We think that everyone is um, ultimately, there are first principles that rule the human being, right? You've got to move. And, and literally, you have to move in order to be a human. 
you cannot express your cellular level. Like your tissues will not express tissues at a normal level unless you load them. And the example I've been using comes from our friend Katie Bowman. Um, and she, she points out, and this is a phenomenon called mechanotransduction. So I'll, I'll make this relevant to me. Hang in, everyone's nodding off. Mechanotransduction means I have to have physical mechanical input through the tissues for the cells to signal at a genetic level to express what they're supposed to do as cells, okay? Uh -huh. So if you take an orca and you put it into captivity, eventually that orca fin starts to fold over. Yes. So fundamentally what you've done is you've taken that orca out of its normal environment and now it spends a lot more time at the surface. Because it's more time at the surface, that fin is exposed to a lot larger gravitational load because it's not being supported by the water. Secondarily, because that orca isn't swimming hard and hunting and chasing and going through kelp and, and maneuvering, the, the collagen at the base of the fin becomes weaker. It downregulates or it deregulates. It, it unravels. De, it goes un, in an unnatural Unused. process. Yeah, yeah. And it folds over. That's us. That's your Achilles. That's your disc. You have to load your body in order for your body to be a body. And what's happened is that we found ourselves in an environment where calories are cheap. That's a problem, right? Just easy. And look, these things are addictive, man. If I have cookies in the house... I'll wake up at two in the morning and I'll eat some cookies. What kind of cookie do you like? It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm totally equal opportunity, egalitarian, universalist. Okay. Cookies, right? So, but I literally will wake up and I'll be like, oh, there's cookies. I should have some cookies. And I'll get up out of bed because I wake up hot or something, right? And I hear noise. And I'm like, oh, cookies. If I don't have cookies in the house, I need cookies. So addicted. Netflix. The, the apps, the, the, the phone. Suddenly I drive to work. I have all of these things that have changed fundamentally who I am as a human being. I don't eat fermented foods, right? I, right. I'm not cooking my meat on the bone anymore. And then I, then I open up my Instagram, and it's very confusing. Oh, I only am on the carnivore diet. The right. carnivore is the new keto, it's the new paleo, right? right? And all of a sudden, you're like, well, I Olympic lift, and I don't eat this hamburger bun, but I still don't feel good, and I'm not sleeping. So it's very confusing, but when, it's less confusing when we come back to first principles. You need to sleep. You need to walk. Right, that 10,000 steps, that's not fitness bullshit. That right. is literally how much movement you need in order to decongest your tissues and for your feet to be strong and for your, your body to work. So, and that's the minimum therapeutic dose. That's like saying, like, if you take this much vitamin C, you won't get scurvy. Right. right. You drink this much vitamin D, you won't, get, you won't get rickets. That's the minimum dose. And what we're seeing is that most adults are getting 2,000, 3,000 steps a day. Right. So all of a sudden they go for a run because that's what they're told and they don't have tissues that can handle it. So when we start looking at the first principles, movement is one of them, but also figuring out how to relax is another one. So in Marin, where I live, we see that adults are binge drinking. In fact, we used to be the healthiest county in, in California, but now we're not because of adult binge drinking. Yep. So we're very close to Napa. <laughs> and, and we have money yep. and the wine is good. Yep. And what we see is that people are so stressed that it's not because they're trying to binge drink. It's because they're trying to self-regulate. They're trying to address their, their brain chemistry in a way to manage their stress, to be able to fall asleep. We had a friend who was, wanted to lose some weight and wasn't sleeping well. We're like, well, tell us what you're drinking. She's like, I drink two bottles of wine a night. Oh. I was like, wow. And she is a VP of a big company. And so before we even say, whoa, bro, you got to stop, we're like, oh, tell me about that stress. How can I give you tools and strategies to make you feel better? So suddenly you understand Ambien, you understand THC, you understand how people are literally trying to self-medicate so they can feel better. And then all of a sudden you, you get into this, this caffeine depressant stimulant cycle, and it's really hard to understand what your sleep is affecting, what's going on, we're adding more stressors. So 
one of the things that what's worked for my wife and I that we came through Laird Hamilton was getting a sauna. So we have yep. a sauna in our backyard. For down regulations. Because if you go spend 15 or 20 minutes in the sauna at 210 degrees, you're broken. Right. Like you're, it's time to go to bed. Right. And like, ready, ready, let's go out. You can come over to my house. We'll get in the sauna and then we'll see if we can stay up all night and work. Well, you brought up a really good you point. Can't. You can't. You're said, going to fall asleep. Well, you said, hey, you got to move a certain amount during the day to have a desire to fall asleep. Right. Well, what you, Which I think is very true. It is. And what, what we're seeing is, so we test these things, right? So this isn't just my theory. One, it's principle-based. Two, I've had some formal training. Three, I work in the world, the real world. So one of our elite military groups, which I will tell you is so elite, it's the most elite military group in the world. When they have a sleep problem, the first thing they do is track how much sleep someone's actually getting and how much movement they're getting. And the right. first intervention is, hey, you need to walk around more. So right. you're the most elite soldier in the world and you can't sleep, the first intervention is, hey, let's walk more. So we get people up to that 10,000, they actually get this non-exercise activity, they're fatigued enough that when they hit the pillow, boom, they black out. Right. You know when you go on vacation, your kids play, 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 play? And then boom, they fall and, asleep. And they're like, can I go to sleep, Dad? And you're like, no, it's not. We have like TV to watch for the right, next right, hours. Right. No way. They're the best vacations where your kids are just murdered yep. from they're at activity. The pool all day. That's right. Yep. And, and That's how thing, we should fall. Same thing applies to me. You know, like people say like, oh, how do you sleep? I'm like, I sleep great. It's because all day I'm running around, I'm doing different things. I'm, you know, doing CrossFit at the gym, doing jujitsu, whatever. It's like, boom, by the time I get to the bed, boom. And so you use a tool that you use. Oh, we're almost coming up on 25 minutes. A tool that you use is to downregulate is a sauna. And if and I don't have a sauna, a tool. I can do other things. So like soft tissue mobilization, rolling on a roller, rolling on a ball in the last 10 minutes before you go to bed. Turns out clinically, we found that that's when we should be doing the soft tissue work. You know, everyone knows I should roll or do something, right? Well, I'm putting quotation marks and rolling my eyes. But um, the idea is that if you do 10 minutes of self-massage, of rolling on a, on a foam roller, getting on a ball, you will trick your nervous system into chilling out. Have you ever had a massage? Yes. How did you feel after the massage? Like you wanted to go snatch 100 kilos? Like you wanted really, to fight? No. no, you're like, dude, that's, I feel so good. Let's right, chill. Right, right. My voice is all low and mellow. <laughs> so that's what we're trying to do. We're, we have got in the industry of fitness, we need to stop selling shit to people and start giving them solutions so that they can do more work. And, and ultimately, this isn't about health. I don't care. I'll get that in the bargain. If I make you so you're more productive, this is a competitive advantage for you because you show up to work and you're fresher. Right. You can work harder. And then when you get home, you're done and you sleep better. And so when you, all that ha starts to happen, you, your relationships are better. You look better naked. Your wattage goes up. Like this is the most untapped thing. We're basically w running around as zombies working at 70, 80% capacity. And so, so to summarize what you're talking about, it's really about getting up, having purpose, moving, using your fitness. Eating some vegetables. Eating some vegetables, sleeping right. I mean, it's not rocket science. She's got to do no, it. No, and it's not sexy and you can't sell it. And <laughs> pe people all the time ask my wife, or we're coming up with time. No, no, you well, know, my wife and I get a lot done. Like, Juliet is a machine. Like, we are a one-two punch. Well, dude, just on a note about your wife. First off, she's a cancer survivor, <laughs> uh, an attorney. She's world champion. World champion paddler, yeah, right? Yeah. And she's also the CEO of a, a, a juggernaut of a business. Well, and, you know, uh, <laughs> good luck. I, I mean, she's I, okay. I, I mean, describe myself as the broken anchor of the relationship. <laughs> I'm not even an anchor. I'm just like, she's just dead weight. And, um, but one of the things that, ha I think people are, you know, we, we just published our first book, Ourselves. Yeah. And uh, this, which new, I, I, I know we're going to go over let's, here. Let's you, I could, you and I could talk about this for days. Tell me about your book because you okay, launched. So, so here it is. So it's called Waterman 2.0. It comes out September 5th. And what we're doing is our love. My wife and I are professional paddlers. We decided to write a love letter 
back to the sport of paddling. Stand up, surfing, um, outrigger, uh, prone paddling. We, and we, we interviewed the top men and women on the planet. We gave them a little of the supple leopard treatment. And we're just saying, hey, look, we love this sport. We can improve the ball. Right. But what we thought was, hey, let's, let's figure out how to publish this book ourselves. Because we've had great relationships with publishers in the past. But we felt like if we could own this, then suddenly we could open up this model to our friends who have really important stories to tell and who can write books but aren't right for the traditional publishing world. Right. And if, this, again, is about solving a problem for our community. So that's why we took a crack. Well, you also it's- said something that's really powerful to me is that, you know, Kelly and I, we were having lunch, and I think one of the things I love about you is that you walk the walk, you talk the talk. You know, you did well, some you can't. Junk. You can't not do it. Well, that's- you can't not do it. Uh, eventually, people sniff out the bullshit, right? Well, not only that, but you also fall apart. You can't work hard and not auger in. Yeah, but like you... Um, you paddled like some giant paddle in Hawaii, right? You went for like, I don't know, 10 days in the middle of the ocean, uh, eating uh, whatever you were doing, right? And you just got done doing the Grand Canyon. I mean, these are like real epic adventures that you do where you paddle, you're out there. And you network with all the best athletes in the world at this particular sport because you're so gifted at what you do on the other side of the house, right? Well, it's, it's fun. I, I tell you what, if you're a, you know, um, Haber is the guy who wrote, who, who came up with this idea of movement natural. Movnat, right? He's the, he established some French. He was a French guy who's and Erwan um, uh, uh, Lacour is his 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 brought this this idea and message about just developing fitness that made you useful, right? Like, isn't that a great definition? Are you useful? Well, it turns out, you know, what we're always trying to do is we're trying to get ourselves into a position where we can spend more time together as a family and go on more adventures, right? That means that I need to be fit enough and resilient enough and anti-fragile enough and have a business that works well enough and a family that's healthy enough that we can go do that. And it's fun to go have an adventure, but if you don't sleep, if you don't eat vegetables and you're, you're eating a bunch of sugar and shit and you're using wine to fall asleep and you're sleeping three hours a night, you can't. And then when you finally go on vacation, you can't go have an adventure because you're so trashed. And then yeah. you get a cold because it's the first time your brain has been let up. And I, I think one of the greatest things that we're going to have to wrap our heads around, and it's something that everyone should be thinking when they're looking at their fitness, is... I'm going to be 100 years old. Does this get me to be 100? Or am I burning the candle from both ends and in the middle? Because there was a time where I was doing that. I was, I was cooked, yeah. drinking so much caffeine, and it was unsustainable, and I had to make a change. I think it's okay to work at an unsustainable pace, but then you're going to have to recover from that, yeah. right? Your volume now couldn't look like the same volume training for the games because you couldn't do both at the same level. So eventually you're like, okay, I train, 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 train. Okay, now I'm going to have to back off. And as we start businesses, we're going to have to reprioritize. Re- <sighs> and that's part of the AMRAP mentality always, that I talk about all the time. It always has to be negotiated. And you negotiate it with your wife, and she's going to mm-hmm. negotiate it with you, and you're talking with your family. And, and some days, Juliet and I walk our kids to school. We get in the sauna. And we, we moved around a little bit during the day. I did the warm-ups of my classes. That's what I got today. Yeah. And, and I'm like, look, look at all the things that I got done as inputs. I walked to 5K. I ate vegetables, right? I, I, yeah. I got and sauna. You, and that was it. That was my that workout. Day, it was good. That and, was my workout practice. You know, I think you're a really good example of someone who utilizes the AMRAP mentality without even realizing it, where you're present, you're focused. Like right now, it's just you and me doing this. You go teach your class. You're with your family. You're with your family. You do these different events. You're, you're just, you're really focused on whatever you're doing, whether that be business, your fitness, right? Or your family, which is super inspirational. And 
I hope everybody gets a chance to check out everything that Kelly and his entire family are doing from the innovations in terms of how you could actually improve your range of motion, your movement, but also how you could kind of save yourself. You know, I was at times where I couldn't move my shoulder and I found that through Kelly's kind of wisdom and through his research and through his background on everything that you do, you could actually fix yourself a lot easier than people think. And oftentimes you don't need a ton of medication. You just need to move and get into better positions. Well, and it's okay to need a recipe to do that, to yeah. start. Because look, I mean, you and I, get we live this all day long, but my friends are experts in other things. Yeah. And so I'm like, hey, look, let me distill principles for you. And that first principle is I need you to walk more. Second one, dude, you gotta go to bed before 10 or 10.30 or 11. Like you gotta get seven hours of sleep. You just can't be rad unless you get seven, at least seven hours of sleep. And there'll be days when I'm traveling and I got three hours of sleep. And guess what? I suck. And then the uh, first thing I do is I come back and I try to reprioritize yeah, try, it, right? Yeah. So it's okay that we get out of bounds. We give permission. It's not good or bad. But we know that if we're going to be 110 years old, we need to start running this experiment like we are. And what's happening is I think that people are getting to their 40s and 50s. Bodies are starting to fall apart. Relationships are falling apart. And it's not because we're not working hard. It's because we, we aren't using these first principles and we aren't starting to just put some boundaries up. Hey, look. My friend Matt Lalonde said to me a long time ago when I was travel, I, I still do travel a ton, so I understand where everyone's coming from in the travel. He's like, hey, Kelly, look at your blood panel. When you travel, don't drink red wine and eat cookies. And I was like, you don't know me. <laughs> like, that, what? Like, that's heresy. And he's like, dude, you just, you're too messed up. You can't handle the sugar. You can't handle the alcohol. And I was like, wow, that's really dumb advice. It's so simple. And I stopped eating cookies. I don't drink when I'm on the road and I don't eat dessert when I'm on the road. Why? Because I can't handle it. But when I'm home, man, you and I have dinner and we're going to have a beautiful bottle of wine and maybe even a dessert once in a while. But that doesn't mean I'm going to do that when I'm rested. I'm going to do that when I can handle it. And when I start just thinking about those basic principles, how do I move a little bit more during the day? How do I get shut off at night so I can sleep better? So I need less coffee. You're going to see that you are leaving a lot of, a lot of potential on the table. I love it, man. Well, hey, it's great to be at San Francisco CrossFit. Thank you for having me. I'm sure I'll be back up here soon. I'm going to go see Juliet soon. And uh, as usual, keep crushing the game, man. Looking forward to reading your book that comes out September 5th. Thank you very much, man. All right, man.